Hello. If you're hearing my voice right now, then you have stumbled onto the podcast where real stories of professional criminal profilers are told by professional assholes. Welcome to Profiling Pain. What's up, Profilers? This is the start of the swap cast between Rap Sheets and Profiling Pain. We're getting ready to do it on Facebook Live, so if you didn't catch that, you will catch the audio on streams later. And I'm sitting here with LaVon to my right. It's cool to speak. You should say something. Shut up. All right, there you go. <laughs> and then Jet right in front of me. Go ahead, Jet. Yo. See, nicer. He's a little bit nicer. Yeah. All right, and we started up on the live, so now we're going to let them do their thing. They're going to talk. You guys are going to hear them. And then I'm going to shut the hell up because this is theirs. Hi, guys. Hey, welcome back, folks, fam, lay. How y'all doing? Uh, this is another episode of Rap Sheets. We really got to start actually saying what number this is. I don't know what number this is, but y'all don't know what number this is. Put it in the comments and let me know. It's probably number five. Don't do that when you got people like that. Okay, I ain't going to do that. But <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're doing a swap cast, and we're actually doing a crossover episode with the main man, Chris, over here. Go ahead and talk to the people. So we're going to cover, uh, this is actually side profiles on Profiling Pain. I, I do a true crime podcast. However, my side profile that I just started doing uh, covers crimes and music. So we decided, I was talking to Jet and Jet and uh, LaVon not too long ago, that we would do an episode on Jam Master J. It's an 18 year long uh, cold case that recently just got solved. So I figured, why not? Connect rap sheets, so we'll do. Obviously, we cover the whole rap team, we cover all that, and we also cover the true crime portion of it. And then it's just it's a match made in heaven. So I figured it'd be perfect for us. <laughs> Jake said, "I can't, I can't count past three. All right, I got toes. I know how to count past three. Oh shit! So, I, I appreciate you, Jake, so much. <laughs> Don't encourage. It. Like we do always, too. Before we get fully, fully into this thing, uh, go ahead and get that merch too." Go ahead and uh, hit those links that we have up there for Redbubble. We still got shirts in there. And then we got some of the new merch. New merch. Like I got the, got the square tangle tee. Yeah, the oh, square tangle You can't. Underneath the belly grease. <laughs> yeah, the square tangle tee. All right, So that's, that's up on the Teespring, so go check that out. All right. And for those of you listening at home who are not watching the live, what is what is the link for that? Uh, the link for the Redbubble is... Redbubble.com, search rap sheets. And again, that's redbubble.com, search rap sheets. And then Maybe we got yeah. the other one, the new one. Which is teesprings.com slash stores slash rap sheets. Holla at us, all right? Go up go. and check it out. And we're going to have new merch coming too, all right, people? Don't forget, guys, October 25th, we got the Portrait Slam coming. Tune in. If you want to get in on that, let me know. Send me a message, or if you know someone, please send them my way so we can mm -hmm. get them on there, promote them for that. Mm -hmm. Also, for the viewers who is ever viewing in, we are doing another live giveaway for it. Mother so fuck. you guys will have an opportunity <laughs> with some free Rap Sheets merch. So go check out both yeah. of those sites. See what you yeah. want to get so we can hook you guys up. I'm yeah. doing it. I did an episode last week with LeVon on his live. Now I'm sitting here with both of them on this one, and I still don't have any free nothing. Nothing. Oh, no, we and then, and then, we'll and then they asked we'll me, then, then this motherfucker asked me to be on the live poetry slam, and still, still, what? All right, white man, let me explain this to you. So, what I did was, I told you I'm going to bring you on my platform to give you some free, to, to help you out, oh, okay. and to help expand your brand some for free. How much did I charge you for that? It was free. 
Oh, nothing. I didn't charge you anything. <laughs> I posted you on all of our stuff for free. Also, you're, you're, you're right. please go yeah, check right. out Chris's stuff, man. Like he has a great podcast that you all about. That's it. That's all you got. You said yeah, that's yeah. that's Profile in pain, right? Profile in pain. Go check them out. And also, Rap Sheets, the podcast, is now live. Same places that you can catch Chris's stuff. You can catch ours, Spotify. Um, iHeartRadio. I, I mean, let's, let's name it. It's on Podbean. It's on Google. It's I mean, it's on your mm. Alexa. Any any mm. device you got going on, you just, I mean, Google Rap Sheets podcast at this point, and you will find it on any platform you can think of. The number one that you're going to hear it on, I'm sure... It's gonna be Spotify and iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher. Everything's all over yeah. Stitcher. There's there's a lot. And then Apple also, music. also check out uh, ageofradio.org. Go to their bazaar. You'll see rap sheets. You'll see profiling pain and a number of other podcasts to check out. Yes. Uh, we've got there's financial podcasts. There's self help podcasts. There's UFC podcasts. Yeah. There's a shit ton of other true crime podcasts. And there's even a, 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 there's like a handful of sports podcasts. Anything you can want. And if you are looking to push your merchandise or a business that you have going, check out the Bazaar. Contact Jeremy. They're always taking more sponsors yeah. and looking to do more shit. So, Definitely. I mean, it's going to find you other shit to listen to, one. And secondly, it's going to also help you push your products. And these guys are already doing a great job on that. Every time I watch an episode, you guys push for a lot of people. That's cool. That's cool shit. Thank you. Thank cool you. Shit. And we want to thank um, Angel Radio for actually bringing us into the fold and bringing us into the family. Like, immediately I started seeing stuff up on the yep. um, Facebook and everything. So thank y'all for that. So definitely, please check out everybody in the Age of Radio family. That's right. Breakdown from the Couch, Color Me Dead podcast, you name it. Uh, Dark Windows podcast, there's a shit ton. And yeah. it's and it's all 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 good all good quality. It's good stuff. Jeremy's very selective with who he picks, and he does a really good job. So yeah. check check out Age of Radio. Yes. So what we are talking about today, guys, is we are going to be going over the premise of the life and music of Jam Master J, and then also his death. And going in and getting into that, our boy Chris is going to do uh, an amazing job at detailing the the pretty much the crime behind it. Eighteen years, eighteen years it yeah. went unsolved that's crazy. for it. So that's definitely got some interesting stuff to talk about that for it. Uh, so let's let's go ahead, let's jump right into it. Let's get into it, man. If you guys don't know who Jam Master J is, go Google them. Y'all need to go check them out. Uh, legend in the game. Um, uh, First off, if you don't know who Jam Master J is, your ass ain't got YouTube. Well, uh, you don't have a good ear for music. Or, uh, or if you haven't you. heard Jam Master J specifically, I know for a fact that there's not a single person, at least in the U.S., that hasn't heard of Run DMC. For real. Like, everybody has ran into Run DMC one way or another. I mean, yes. if, even if you've never listened to Rap A Day in your life and you were a rock fan growing up, you've heard the Aerosmith crossover with Walk This Way that they yes. did with Run DMC. Like, it's across the board. These people... Mm -hmm. Run DMC transcended different different genres, even. Like, yes. it was... They've, they've done amazing many things. And a lot, a lot of people will even say that when it comes to that era of hip-hop, they... I mean, 100% Godfathers, man. That, like, for, yeah. like, we were having this conversation yeah. earlier... Where I said, I think that they're almost as prevalent in my mind as like the Sugar Hill Gang and moving up like yeah, that, like that, yeah, that a lot of that bouncy, happy rap. Yeah. But you know, like you know, Run DMC, and I'm here to say, like that, they just have you know that whole, <laughs> the whole bouncy thing. So musically, I think that they've been a household name, and then I think just kind of in general, I mean, you get, there was how many, uh, how many reality shows came out. That had running. Was it kicking? Oh, it? Was it what, uh, what was the name of it? Yeah, Run's House. Yeah, Run's House. Yeah, there you go. Run's yeah. House. So I mean, they've had, and, and that's that's our generation. That's I mean, that's probably this past yeah, generation. Past generation. So yeah. they've they've crossed decades. They've yeah. been around. So you've heard it. Right. And then Jam Master J also will get into. 
He ushered in a lot of, he, well, I don't want to say usher, but he brought in and found a, a lot of amazing groups and a lot of people that we listen to nowadays. One of those people being 50 Cent. You know, he helped break 50. So, Jam Master J has been around for a long time and he has always found a way to make sure that even if you didn't hear his name, you knew of him because he always had a hand in something, right? So, and with Run DMC, their music is going to be here forever. I mean, your kids, 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 kids is going to be listening to their music because they are the godfathers of music, you know, of, of rap music. They're one of the godfathers, you know. And Jam Master J specifically is one of those guys that helped make the turntables so prevalent. Yes. So prevalent. Yes. You know, we got a lot of DJs nowadays that are able to make little USB mixes and just do it digitally. He was cutting that live. Yeah. And back in the day, it wasn't like they just had beats that they made. They were sampling everything. So you got to think about how much work he actually put into those tables. Yeah, a lot. You know? So you hear names like DJ Quick, Jam Master J. You hear you hear all these big, big, big names who just, and they were actually cutting it, cutting it like legitimately. Yeah. And that even even that style of shit made its way into metal. You know what I mean? Like you got Sid yeah. from from uh, from I believe it's Sid from Slipknot, famous DJ. You had uh, Mr. Han from from uh, Lincoln Park. Oh, no shit. Uh, he hooked up okay. with the Executioners. Yeah. They did all that stuff. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, so but it started. It started with cats like Jam Master J making yeah. that a prevalent and making, I mean, actually getting that dubbed a musical instrument because that's what it was. They, yeah. They spun that shit all crazy. Yeah, him and people like uh, Jazzy Jeff, man, they that was their instrument. You know, they knew how to make sounds come from off those records that weren't there before. Or mm-hmm. they made you realize, like, oh, shit, this is, this is not something that can't be used as an art form. This is their art form. This is their yep. paintbrush. This is their canvas. And they know how to paint pictures for you, man. And I mean, it's it's sad whenever a legend like him leaves, um, especially leaving the way he did right. and being killed off because he didn't have a chance to really fulfill much more of his life that he had to bring such like musical talents into the game because he realized once... He stepping behind the turntables was just the beginning for him, even though he was such a master at the shit. And as we saw as he as his career grew, like I mean, he was just an amazing person too. Everybody everybody has great stuff to say about him. Like no matter what you look up, nobody's saying anything negative about Jam Master J. He was one of those people that you really couldn't believe a person like him existed. So it's it definitely so sad. Fast. Yeah. It did. All right, so let's we'll get into some more of the details in it for you guys as well with the, um, like some of his early life. Man, he was he was born in New York. Uh, where was he born specifically? In Brooklyn, originally in Brooklyn. Um, for it, well, January twenty first. Um, with it, what's big on that day? Isn't that that's inauguration day? Is that inauguration? I think that's inauguration day when they inaugurate president. January twenty first. Is it? twenty first. <laughs> oh, complexion. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, you look like you be like his nephew or something, but it's, it's the glasses. I look like I'm working at fucking Pfizer Electronics, huh? All right, anyway. But uh, yeah. So his birthday January twenty first. Born in Brooklyn, New York. For it, his name originally is Jason William Mazel. Uh, for it. Uh, with it, he went by a couple of different DJ names. For it, uh, you know what? I want to do. Nah, we're not gonna do that. Cause you think you just Google it, look it up. That's too easy. I'll think of something later. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's more of his, his early life, man. His first instrument that he started playing was the trumpet at the age of three. 
At the age of three, he's playing the trumpet. Louis Armstrong, man. Nah, fuck all that. What is most of y'all kids doing right now at the age of three? Hell yeah. Age of three. Still shit. Exactly. Still still running around the house with a full pamper. Hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, it depends on how much I've had to drink now. I'd probably still shit myself. So I don't know. It is that one story. (laughs) Just keep keep going. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, me and LeVon Simmons go like way... Way to fuck back. Wait, we've been we've been friends now since before my first child was born. He 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 met my first child when he was still in utero. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he felt he felt the kid kick. You know what I mean? That's so okay. we've known each other over, over ten years. Over over ten years. It's been weird to me. So Levon knows a lot of. God, I'm starting to regret having you on this fucking episode. <laughs> Levon knows a lot of shit about me, but we're gonna yeah. keep it uh, on the top. Uh, right. Let's go that way. <laughs> <laughs> January twentieth is inauguration day, by the way. It is on oh, the twentieth. Twentieth. Not the 21st? Not the 21st. Okay. So technically, the 21st close. is when it's like first day of presidency. So first day of presidency. Yeah. pretty important. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, and then, all right, Rasta going into his, to his early year, his early years, at the age of 10, they moved to Queens, right. um, him and his family. And that's when he discovered turntables mm-hmm. and, yeah. and the DJ life. So and by the age of 13, he was DJing. Like, just... That's, that's- Think about that for a second. At the age of 13, this dude was DJing. Most of us at the age of 13, beating off in a corner somewhere to some wrong magazines, watching VHS tapes, trying to pause it on the boob scene. Facts. Facts. And he's out here on the turntables, on the ones and twos, learning his craft at the age of 13. Facts. So, so far we've covered shitting ourselves. And beating off in corners. I just want to make sure that we're yes. on corners. I just want to make sure. So, what is the next bodily fluid that we're going to cover? Just, just so I know. Wow. Saliva. Let me surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Now let's strap up. <laughs> oh shit. Oh. oh. All right. But yeah, that's so that's like his first. His first thirteen years, the kids playing the trumpet. He also played other other instruments as well. To where he played, he played bass, played guitar, yep. and he played drums. Dope. So he was just musically inclined. Period. This was From his. Jump. This yeah, was jump, his, what he was supposed to do. Man, this is like you. This was the thing that I, I'm glad his parents because they really, had to support him in that. Yeah, that's oh, really and interesting. I'm glad they did. That's really interesting that like learning how to play multiple instruments, he ended up rolling into a format that allowed him to like encompass every, every all of them. Like he at that point, I would say that maybe the turntables were almost like a way of him being like an orchestrator. Yeah. Boom! Like there you go. He's he's in charge of everything. Yeah. Imagine him now with all the technology and stuff that we got. Oh, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows those all those instruments. What he would be able to do with that. Oh, he'd be. I mean, it would be like he put him putting the trumpet in there and putting the guitar and hip hop beats more. Yeah. He, man. Sad case. It, it's it's. Did you have anything else on his early years? Um. No, I was gonna. I was gonna wait till you got into. Um, because like I, I didn't even know he had produced a certain track that we're gonna talk about here. Okay. And I, I had no idea, but I was going to let you finish out some more of the early years because okay. I wanted him to start incorporating some of the... the um, I come in in 2002, man. I come in right after the murder. That's, that's, okay. that's where all my info comes in. So, I mean, I mean, after his early years, after the age of 13, getting into more of his teenage stuff, man, 
he start that's when he started getting into trouble. I mean, you living in New York around the time. Yeah. We talking about in the seventies and stuff. Yeah. The, the, he he was getting into shit. Yeah. And so he's out running around the streets with his hood rat friends doing hood rat things. Like, <laughs> you know, they're out there burglarizing folks. Yeah. Until he ran into a security guard who I aptly named Billy the Badass, <laughs> scared him straight. <laughs> and he realized I got to get the fuck up out of these streets. Right. Oh, yeah, sometimes it. you run into the wrong guy in the wrong jumpsuit and they, mm-hmm. and they straighten you out. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's the that's the problem. Not to get off topic, but like he 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 met that one person that kind of set him straight, and I yeah. feel like. Our generation and then the generations to follow, the problem is a lot of these kids, I think, haven't gotten that one good ass whooping that we all yeah. got. Like That's because you can't punch a kid in the face. Well, not a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, of course you can't punch yeah. a kid in the face. But what I mean is like, bullying shit is, is illegal now. Like, kids right. is getting arrested for bullying. Well, bullying yeah, is but, how you learn how to fucking fight. But it does escalate all too quick in schools anymore. But no, no, you're right, because you gotta defend yourself. And, and nine times out of ten, I mean, at least when we were kids, yeah. you, you fucking have enough, you whip that bully's ass, you guys are best friends forever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, that shit happens. Yeah. yeah. But I think nowadays, a lot of these, these kids are so self and a lot of it's the fucking parents. Yes. A lot of us the fucking parents. Which is fucked up because that's our generation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they're so, they're so self-entitled. Yes. And then you mix that with never actually truly getting their ass kicked by yeah. parents or by somebody else. You create you create a douchebag. There's no really yeah. nice way. I mean, that's what it is. You create yeah. these little self-entitled fucking douchebags. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was, it's, it's just cool to, to go back. But, man, shit like that really does happen. There, there really yeah. was times where, like... Hey, old man Smitty down the road, yeah. laughing about his teeth. You know what I mean? For some reason, swinging his dead cat against the wall to clean it. He, he really straightened me out. Right. Well, I bet. I Hell bet. Yeah. yeah, that straight fucking scared the yeah. shit out of me. <laughs> like, my, like, you guys have heard, you know, during the last Poetry Slam, when I was talking about my crackhead uncle. My crackhead uncle, watching him, he was the one that, you know, helped me get on the straight. Just watching him. And then he yeah. bucked up in my face sometimes and made me be like, ah, I don't want to fight this crackhead. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> like, he had that super strength. Hell yeah. I was like, he might give me the works. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, and that's and the other problem. It. It, seems like, it seems like, uh, we'll, we'll call it the, the fight or flight mechanism. Right? Yes. Yeah. So us growing up, you look at something like, nah, that's, that's fucked up. I'm going to fight my way through. Yeah. Right? Whereas you have somebody else who's like, man, that looks like the easy way out. I'm going to use my flight mechanism and just head towards that. Fuck this hard path where I'm on straight and narrow. I'm going to do that shit. And it seems like all too often now, kids are just using the flight as the opposed flight, to the flight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's and it's getting less and less, I think it's getting less and less hands-on. Yeah. Not not like hands-on, but like yeah. hands-on. I feel like there's too many parents now who are just like, all right, you do you. You know what? You yeah. are a butterfly. Yeah. You blossom how you see fit. Yeah. Smack the fuck out that kid. For what real? is wrong with you? Fucking yeah, yeah. butterfly. Smack that fucking kid. Like, yes. it's, it's, I'm not saying take your day out on him. You don't yeah. get to kick him in the ribs. No. Eh. <laughs> what, what, He's like yeah, some, you follow the yeah, you, 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 you follow the Bernie Mac method. Of, yeah. Yes, stomach and throat once they hit the throat. <laughs> the throat, they can't scream and it leaves no bruises. You can literally, they can literally not snitch on you. This man helped raise my kid for ten years. I'm just throwing that out there, right? Now my kid is is very respectful. Yeah. He can't pronounce th for shit. It's an f. That's your fault. <laughs> Other than that, like, I can't say how often my kid's thirsty, but other than that, it's all right. And he talks really, really loud. I got to tell him to tone it down sometimes. But other than that, other than that, my kid's great. No, you know, you did a good job. I did a good job. You're welcome. You're like Uncle Ruckus. You did a good job. You're welcome. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, they care coming soon. 
it's just it's cool to hear a story about somebody that that changed his life, put him on the straight and narrow. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Even yeah. though even though we know towards the end of the story. He kind yeah, of veered yeah. a little bit. But yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Not no, no. That's, I mean, full circle. Full circle. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But, I mean, after that, that's when he really started to buckle down and really started to really focus on DJing more yeah. and things like that. And for a period of time, he ended up moving out to New Jersey mm-hmm. to where he... Uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Well, I, that's where he actually really started DJing. Um, he actually went out there and he learned to, learned to crossfade. Uh, from DJ Def Lou Hawk. Okay. Uh, out there. I guess he was a legendary hey, DJ on the Google. East Coast. Yeah. Um, with it. Got out there, hooked up with him. He showed him new ways how to DJ. No. And then he's doing his thing. He's getting better equipment, getting more equipment um, from it to where he starts playing in more people. His first actual DJ name, his stage name that he actually started off with was DJ Jazzy Jace. <laughs> nice. That was his first DJ name. Okay. Uh, for it, so that's when you know he's out there. He felt more confident. Yeah. And he's learning things quicker. That's fine. With it, and it's just everything's everything's moving for him um, with it. And then he's he was he was grinding. Mm-hmm. He was grinding. Like I said, that he when he got his new equipment and learned how to do the crossfade, he actually instead of sleeping, this dude is grinding. He's actually in his room, yeah. got his table set up, and is going to work. And is practicing on his mixing skills for it. And then in his in high school, he just he was linking up with bands. He yeah. just wanted to be in bands. He just wanted to be around music and things like that, which is where he ended up meeting Run DMC. Dope. Uh, with it. So shortly after they graduated, he he just wanted to be part of the band and just offered like, "Yo, guys, I'm gonna come. Let me DJ for you guys." They were like, cool. So he starts DJing on them. And then on Raising Hell was the first record that he actually worked with them on. Nice. Hit record. It's one of their major top albums uh, for it that helped even Run DMT really get kicked off and start getting pushed more mainstream from it by having him on there for it. Dope. Um, And then that's where we start to grow the legend of Jam Master J and all of his DJing skills and everything. it was just super dope. On that album, he did keyboard from him. He played drums live yeah. when they were doing shows for it. And he was doing the turntable work as well. Yeah. So the man was out there doing some of everything instrument-wise. Yeah. Like, he basically abandoned himself. He was Swiss Beats before Swiss Beats. Right, right. <laughs> he was Timbaland before Timbaland. He right. was yeah. the, 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 real, the real godfather of all of this. Yeah. For it. And... Just, let's see, what else did I have on him? And it's just like, yeah, I yeah. mean... It, well, once he got into um, the Run DMC part, like, you guys, if you haven't... You, we're going to leave that to you guys to go Google, to go listen to, because we we want to keep it him, but there we could talk about Run DMC for fucking for forever till we turn blue, black, and yellow in the face, all right? But, um, so, the cool thing is, in 1989... Which I didn't even know was that early. He started JMJ Records, so he started his own record label. And when he did that, he also produced, which I had no idea, the Rulers back for uh, fucking Slick Rick. Really? Yeah. Damn it. Right. Okay. Exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Like he was already at an early, early time of his life, just into so much already. So that's amazing that he did that. And then one of his earlier artists, or Groups, I should say, that he got was um, that he signed was Onyx. He actually signed Onyx before uh, Sticky Fingers was on there. So, 
And he just did he he did that and he just kept going and going and going. Um when Sticky Fingers got into the group and everything, of course that was, you know, a whole thing where Onyx kind of redid their whole group and stuff, but we got the group that we know as Onyx now and they blew up for him. So once he did that, there was no stopping him. Um, some more of his earlier groups, um, and I apologize because I lost my way with that, my bad. But like I said, he went on to sign other artists and he even helped break uh, 50 Cent. So he did all of these things and he did all these ventures and he was still producing albums and he still was producing records and everything. And then this is when we get into his later years, which I want to start actually flipping over to Chris. So realistically, I have everything from 2002 on. Now, what they actually found with this case is that for some reason, um, a few sites that I've checked out and a few things that I've studied is that he was part of a coke deal gone bad. And that's what they say caused the murder. Now, I hear a lot of conflicting stories about wrong place, wrong time, just meeting the wrong person. I mean, until until they really, really get down all the nitty-gritty and get just everything out in the open, from what I have is essentially when these two people who, who took his life got caught yeah. and the amount of time that they've actually spent in prison for, for other crimes. Mm -hmm. So these guys actually were already sitting in prison when this came to light and then got added to their charge. One of them was actually supposed to get out as early as 2021 until this came to light. Wow. Yeah, so I guess we'll get into that while we're on. So I found this really badass article Okay, uh, by the law, all right, and it was, it was done August 18, 2020, so, I mean, not that long ago. Uh, so it says, all your questions about the Jam Master Jay murder case and new charges answered. So we're going to go ahead and get into it from here. So here's what we know about Jam Master Jay's death and the case against his killers, who've been arrested 18 years after the mainstream hip-hop pioneer's murder, which is crazy to me. Yeah. But, real quick, 18. the fact that it's been a cold case for 18 years and then they just recently solved it, Makes me wonder if eventually, I mean, there's been more and more cold cases coming light. I covered the alphabet murder on, on the end of my last season. Oh, okay. And that was also, if you don't, if you haven't listened to that episode, check that out. The alphabet murders, that's a cold case also going all the way back to the 70s. Okay? Yeah. Now, if they're able to track this shit down and able to get this all figured out, do you think, and that this might be a later episode that we end up doing together, maybe a compilation of, like where we do like a few episodes together for this? I'm down. But, uh, but Biggie and Tupac. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, they, that's going for big air music they, crime wise. Well, they kind of have yeah. a they kind of have an idea, or honestly, say that the person that did that was Baby Lang for Tupac. Really? Yeah, there's been a lot. Of, so, um, Glasses Malone, which is a dope ass artist, mm -hmm. he's actually going to be having a podcast too on uh, Charlemagne's Network. Oh, yeah, yeah. Glasses a dope ass individual, and that motherfucker's intelligent as shit. Well, apparently. He has a song which you can find right now on YouTube, and this all of this came out last year, if I'm not mistaken, called um, "Tupac Must Die," and where he's rapping about he's rapping the full story about Baby Lane and what happened, um, and the events that led up to that whole night. So he's and, pulling a mystical, yeah, and exposing all the evidence via yeah. verse. Yeah, and now now where's mystical? Huh? <laughs> huh? But the fuck is mystical? <laughs> well, mystical's a. I, did Shake that ass! Did he go back to jail? 
I think he went back to jail for talking about his baby mama. I'm not sure. Oh, Allegedly. He might, look, that's, I, that's alleged. Multiple players, man. That dude uh, had a face. Like, I can see him trying to fuck his <laughs> No, I'm just saying. Like, he just kind of gave off that vibe. I never really cared for mystical. I, you know. I did. Mystical is dope. Uh, you know, but what 15 year old be trying to, like, like he sound, well, first off, he sound angry all the time. Yeah. Same thing as R. Kelly. R. Kelly wasn't an unattractive man. He could have had whoever he wanted. Yeah, he but I mean, Mitchell sound angry though, just talking. He talking. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. He, R. Kelly, R. Kelly at least is sweet talking. And if he, you hit that. I heard, man, I wish I knew the name of this song. I want to find it because it still makes me giggle. But there's one part of an R. Kelly song where he's singing the lyrics. He sang everything. Like, I think that man didn't talk. I think he sang everything. But there's one part where he actually goes, I wish a bitch would. Like, the way he said it, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I can't remember the name of the song. My buddy Joe Smallwood showed me that shit. But he's like, I wish a bitch would. Like, he's singing it, and it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. I just, man, like... R.P. singers is gangster low-key. R. R. Kelly, Kelly, I would say... R. Kelly Kelly is the villain that we deserved, not the villain we need. (laughs) (laughs) What? 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 Anyway, anyway. Anyway. I'm going to touch that, because I can say some fucked up shit right now, but... uh, Alright, so so we're going to get into the guys who were arrested 18 years after the mainstream hip-hop pioneers murder. I'm going to stop looking at you guys because I need to read... Don't take any offense to it. You're good. Before, real quick, before we hop into that, I want to get some shout-outs on here. So we got some folks that's hey. been tuning in here with us um, for it. Um, I see you, Onet. I see you, baby. Um, appreciate you guys checking in. Appreciate that love. Um, we got Miss Andrea, uh, sweetie. Yep. Miss, love you. Hope you guys yeah. are doing well. Um, Miss Kenzie, I see you, big little sis. What up? Um, appreciate you guys checking in. Um, then we got... We got Phil. We got Phil, baby. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna hit you later. Uh, we gotta chop it up on some stuff. And then we got uh, we got Mike. We got Mike. What yeah. uh, Our Mike. Mahalo. No, 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 no. Not, not, not. Fooey. Uh, yeah, Fooey. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Fooey. Yeah, Fooey, baby. <laughs> I don't know you, but what up? Oh, did I, did I tell you Fooey Facetime me uh, a couple weeks ago? With Drunk as a skunk. Oh yeah, he's crying, wasn't he? Yeah, no, 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 no. Hey, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Fuck you. I didn't say that. I did not say that. So, do you guys listen at home? You don't understand. Uh, just don't worry about it. You're gonna get the true crime. But for the Facebook Live, fooey. I did not say that. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I wanna I, let me finish real quick on the Tupac thing. Okay. So basically, he even the video shows and predicts like um, portrays the events that happened and led up, and basically. A lot of people, even Snoop has come out and said, like, hey, Baby Lane's, uh, yeah, did the thing. Really? Yeah, because they were like, it wasn't like it was some planned shit. It was some, hey, these motherfuckers took my homeboy's chain. We saw these motherfuckers. Tupac ran up, hit the motherfucker. They jumped him. Baby Lane's and them linked back up and was oh, like, who shit? jumped you? Okay. Oh, okay. So they went around looking for him, popped him, went back to Cali. He was in the hood, and he even told people in the hood, like, fuck yeah, so I did So it wasn't shit. even a hit. It was just mm-hmm. like one of those... Wow! Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, game, and game from shit. basically wow. from what Glasses Malone was saying, he caught a lot of flack for it. He's like, wait, wait, my wait, big wait. homie. You guys hear that? Uh-uh. You don't get. You guys don't hear those conspiracy theories crying right now? They oh, just shit. said that shit. Like they're all heartbroken. They're all. Yo. Yeah, <laughs> you know, man. He caught true. a lot Biggest of flack. People for Chuck P. D. Now, yeah. Them said it. So yeah, they're saying they're saying a lot of a lot of people have. After he wow. said that, a lot of people were basically like, "Yeah, that's what happened." Wow, yeah. man, that that you just fucked up so many theories on me. Oh, like, I I even talked about so me and the guys from Chiron, 
used to joke that uh, uh, we, we could do a show about Hitler. I, I, the context is fucked up. <laughs> but side note, sorry. More, more side notes. We're getting off topic like a motherfucker. But we... So, you know you know that a lot of Nazis uh-huh. went to uh, Argentina after the whole, like, World War II shit, right? There's proof of that. Mm-hmm. There's fucking proof. I don't give a fucking conspiracy theory or not. You fucking Google it. It's, it's anyway. Yeah. So we were like, what if Tupac faked his death, went down to Argentina? Now you got old-ass Tupac and old-ass old, old Adolf Hitler sharing a golf cart and maybe like a, like a duplex, right? And now they got kind of their own thing going on. We were going to do like a cartoon, almost, you know, like Rick and Morty style, of Tupac and Adolf Hitler, old as shit, solving crimes together. Call it, you know, call it two and Dolph. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, but like, so. Oh, my God. Uh, but you just ruined my Argentina shit. So that's, that's where I'm at. That's, <laughs> okay. I, that's all I wanted to say, really. Damn. So anyway, let's get back into this shit. <laughs> Sorry. So, August 18th, 2020, okay, this is when this article came out, so it's, it's stomping the 18-year cold case, all right? So, Brooklyn federal prosecutors announced that two Queens men had actually been indicted in the 2002 murder of Run DMC's DJ, Jam Master J. Now, the 10-count indictment hit Ronald Washington and Carl Jordan Jr., right? And then there's a podcast that I listen to called... Uh, uh, crime and Sports and also Small Town Murder. Same guys based out of Glendale, Arizona. Oh, no Funny shit. as fuck, both comedians. One of them is a union electrician, though, so I mean, you gotta give him some credit. But he, uh, <laughs> That's what's up. Uh, they always say that when there's a junior attached, you're gonna have some Tom fuckery. That's some junior shit, is what they say. Okay. So, like I said, Carl Jordan Jr. All right. Now, with charges of murder while engaged in narcotics, trafficking, and firearm related murder for fatally shooting the artist, whose real name, as we covered, is Jason Mazzell. Um, Jordan is also facing several additional drug distribution counts. Jordan, who is now 36, so 18 at the time. Think about that, 18-year-old kid. That's crazy. That gunned down a fucking legend. He probably didn't even know who the fuck, you know what I mean? Man. Uh, was arrested on Sunday, August 16th. Okay, Washington, who is now 56, 20 years his elder, is presently presently in federal prison for a string of gunpoint robberies around New York City some 13 years ago. All right, so he's already been sitting in the pen for 13 years. Damn. Right. So Washington, who was sentenced to 210 months behind bars for those robberies, was supposed to be released in April of 2021. That's all fucking done. Prosecutors described Mazel's grizzly slaying as an ambush and execution of a renowned musician and prominent member of the community. Now, the defendants allegedly carried out the cold-blooded murder of Jason Mazel, a brazen act that has finally caught up with them thanks to the dedicated detective agents and prosecutors who never gave up on this case. Okay, so acting Brooklyn U.S. Attorney Seth Ducharme said in a statement announcing the indictment that the charges announced today begin to provide a measure of justice to the family and friends of the victim and make clear that the rule of law will be upheld whether this takes days, months, or decades. Right. So here's what we know about Mazel's death and the case against Jordan Washington now 18 years after the mainstream hip-hop pioneer's murder. Okay. So what happened to Jam Master J? Exactly. So according to federal prosecutors, Washington and Jordan burst into Mazel's Jamaica Queens recording studio around 7.30 p.m. on October 30, 2002. Each man brandished a gun. So, right. right. Washington painted, so he pointed his gun at one of the people in the studio and ordered this person to lay on the floor. Jordan went after Mazel specifically, pointed a gun at him, and fired two shots at close range immediately. So one shot hit Mazel in the head, Killing him instantly. The other shot hit another person in the leg. All right. Yeah. So a November first, two thousand two, New York Times article provides more details on the circumstances. Now, Mazel and the other man identified in this report as Uriel Rincon 
were playing Xbox in the studio lounge when the men busted in. Now, I'm assuming 2002, this is the original Xbox, so they're probably, <laughs> they're probably playing Halo. Halo. That's a right, big Halo, ass Xbox. Xbox. Yeah, that's yeah. a big, big yeah. one. Yeah. Anyway. So the shooter, like I said, feel free to chime in. I know it's grizzly shit. <laughs> what, okay. no. what if it had that red ring and they're just trying to fix the motherfucker? No, that's the 360. Never. The 360 was, was fucked up. But yeah. yeah. It, that, dude, I got one in the garage. It still works. Oh, yeah. it's like a Nokia phone. Yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah. and the old one. So you can do it on the 360 too, but the old one, you can actually save your music. But mm-hmm. while you're playing the old one, you can play your music. Yeah, I remember that. We used to do that shit playing 2K. All right. Anyway, <laughs> the shooter, who's now been identified as Jordan, reportedly shot Mazel at such close range that his pistol left powder burns on the producer's shirt. God. Right. There was a woman who sat several feet away from them at the time of this incident. Now, in the studio's control room, I, they just kind of sprinkled that in there. In the studio's control room, there were three more people. The studio's co-owner, a rapper from Albany. Now, Albany's the actual capital in New York. I know, York. I know yeah. people don't really, yeah, I know you know that, but most yeah. people are like, who the fuck is Albany? <laughs> that's, that's where they say Slender Man started. Just throwing that out there. Oh, and, the, and the woman's friend, uh, you know, based on what the newspaper had to say. Now, why did Jordan watch and allegedly kill Jam Master Jay? That's the big question. So here we are. Yeah. Federal prosecutors claim that Mazel was involved in bringing kilogram quantities of coke to the New York City area from mm-hmm. 1996 to 2002. So for yeah. some reason, for six Fucking years, for six years. Wow. All right, he was still he was... slinging coke. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, like we I, just you, got done I'm talking sure. about all his greatness. Well, I'm not sure if you have been in a community where stuff like that happens, and then you got a person that builds up to start pushing weight. When you become a weight pusher, so I've heard. The um, <laughs> I know. I so I've heard. I'm. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. But basically, Didn't you used to live in shut the fuck up. So, um, when you start doing something like that in our neighborhoods, then you become what is known as a supplier. When you become a supplier, two things happen. One, there's a lot of money coming in. Even though you're making millions and you're selling, I mean, like you look at uh, uh, the real Rick Ross, um, Ricky Freeway, Freeway Rick Ross. Rick Ross. He was bringing in like a day. He was saying he was bringing in like a hundred million a day or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it exactly. Was, it was. Stop. 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 It was. It was. Yeah. Look it up. It was. Time out. Did you just say? Okay, it was so something. Just me that once you make it big and you go back to your old neighborhood, mm-hmm. and he was bringing a hundred million a day. <laughs> Stop all the social programs right now. <laughs> Cut that shit out. They're they're able to rake in a hundred million a day if the community just gets together. Fucking just get the weed, get the coke, get all that shit out. A hundred million a day? Get yeah. the fuck out. Of it here. was something. It was something. Bro, you couldn't get a hundred million a day in Scottsdale right now. You just pulled that number out your ass. I, it was something that. I, I mean, I was say it was something that like years. I'm not saying I. Wow. It was something. That it is was insane. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was way off. It was three million a day. That's still a lot, bro. I don't it was three million a day. That's right. And then what? Do, what do the schools look like in that neighborhood? Ah, oh, they were fucked. Son of a bitch, asbestos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three million a day. Okay. He was bringing in. What the fuck? That's uh, insane to me. Yeah, but and this, that's and what this I'm saying. In the 80s. This, is, this was in the yeah. Yeah, that's yes, not real money. Right now, <laughs> that's insane to me. Yeah. 
But that's what I'm saying. When you inflation's a bitch. It is. Now imagine three million a day nowadays. Yeah, no like, shit. That's about seven, eight million. Now. Yeah. So I'm so Jam Master J was probably he, if that's what he was doing, he was probably bringing in so much money that he couldn't get away. Right now. What's the exact amount? The exact amount right now is uh, Mizell allegedly obtained some ten kilos. All right, in uh-huh. July of two thousand two. Now, on consignment from a Midwest base supplier. Right. (laughs) On consignment from a... We're getting back into it now. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Washington and Jordan and other co-conspirators, I hate that fucking word, were supposed to handle distribution in Maryland, but there was a dispute between Washington and at least some of these co-conspirators prompting Mazel to tell Washington that he was cut out of the deal. So it was, in fact, a deal gone bad. Yeah. So, uh, after this disagreement, Washington and Jordan plotted to kill Mazel, court papers claim. Now, that's what's crazy to me, is that you had an 18-year-old and a 38-year-old. Yeah. Like, an 18-year-old whose life is just getting started. Remember when you were 18? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I barely do, but I... I was about to say... Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. yeah. But you have an 18-year-old who just got his life started, and then his his 38 counterpart was probably feeding him all kinds of bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, because, like, so... All right, so some more (laughs) black history for y'all. In the hood, you have what's called a big homie, right? Or you used to, honestly. Nowadays, the big homie's getting popped off by the little homies, man, just because of some bullshit. Yep. You stupid as hell. So, <laughs> so, Meaning I will pop a motherfucker. <laughs> so, basically, one, maybe. yeah, he had a big homie feeding him all this bullshit, and right. he turned the Like a young prospect. Cat. He was yeah. the prospect. Exactly, right. and he turned the young cat into what we call his little young gunner. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, man, you want to earn some stripes? Cool. I got this lick for Not really, thing. but why are you out there with him, though? If you're the OG, you're not, yeah, you your hands in For white like people. Ten Keys, you out there. and journeyman. Ten Keys, you out there. If, you if, making if, sure this, these Ten if Keys If he was the back. man, though, and I got Ten Keys coming yeah. in, it's coming in to me. It's not going to no one else. The young boy would have been went to go get that and already had it. It wouldn't have went to Jam Master J. But Jam, he's he, saying Jam Master J was supplying it. Yes. He was supplying. He, he was supposed to be. So the, then the he, was so he, he was ghost. He was ghost. So the master <laughs> <laughs> J was ghost. But the thirty eight then that means thirty eight year old. He ain't shit. He a worker. He out there on he, he he street level just like well, everybody else. No, but he, okay. But but he, but still though, if you know that it's coming and then you're the one that's been cut out of the deal, it wasn't the eighteen year old. It was the thirty eight year old that got cut out of the deal. It was Junior. He got cut out of the deal. Once you mm-hmm. get cut out of that deal and you realize that you're gonna mm-hmm. be like, all right, well, I know where the source is. I know where to find them. I've done business with them with before. Them. Yeah. I'm gonna nip this in the bud and get my cut. Right. I don't give a fuck who you are, where you're from, what you've done. Right. You've got my money. And, and depending on where you're at and your in your life at that point, you're thirty eight and you're still pushing shit like that. Yeah. It, doesn't matter if you're a fucking legend or not. I've, I've got kids in the Bronx. Exactly. I gotta take care of them. And that's probably why he did what he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? But still, you know... And to me, it doesn't make sense from a street level. Because if that's me, even even if even if dude was cutting me out, and you are... So that means you already know you got the young boy ready to go and do anything for you. Yeah. I you could have sent him yeah. in there by himself. Right, but, right, right. But yeah. he probably thought 18 years old, cold feet. You never know what he might do. He might back out. Plus, yeah. that's a... And that's you're, a you're, lot walking, you're walking into a recording studio owned by the man. You're right. walking into the man. You're walking into a legend's place of business yeah. outside of what you're doing. But see, but if you're 38, if you're 30, if you're if you're that 38 dude, you know this motherfucker. You know this motherfucker your whole life. You, yeah. you grew up watching this this man grow. You know. Yeah. Plus, you're in Queens. You're just a few miles down from the Bronx. You know yeah. exactly where the fuck he started at. He ain't nothing to you. On top of that, he's got your money wrapped up. He's cutting you out of the deal. You're not getting any more money. Fuck that. And depending on who you run with, 
if he's out of the picture and you become the next cut, not only did you kill off a fucking legend, but now you're the go-to. Now you're the source. He probably had like just ideas of grandeur in his fucking head. But no, I'm just, yeah. I'm just. No, I'm just, I mean, yeah, just, and that can happen. You're 18 years old. Is what Al Capone go do that? No, it's not. He gonna no, because, he's gonna present his best hitter to go get him. Yeah, but Al Capone had multiple operations of multiple things going on in saying. an empire. And this that's why yeah, thirty yeah, is nowhere near that level. Al Capone he didn't so have good. a good. He, he still got to put it. He still like down the street putting in work. Yeah, but the thing is, like, he's still about to get his hands on. Hi, Rocio. I just read your <laughs> shit. Hi, it's good to see you too. Sorry, we're we're, we're deliberating right now on, <laughs> yeah. on, on illegal shit. You holding? You anyway. Hey, shout out to Fern and Jalen. I see y'all also. Hey, what up, dude? But, yeah, so, like, the thing is, when you have that That's much, right. like, yeah. on the line, and you don't have an empire. That's right. You're pulling up. You're going to get your... Y'all stupid. Y'all, you're going <laughs> to get your hands dirty. Right. Yeah. You have that much on the line. You don't... He, this guy didn't have an empire. No, he didn't. He wasn't that. on Al Capone status. But 10 keys... And who knows how you long... You're moving 10 keys. And you don't know how long... But at the same time, though, if you know you're going to send someone to do a hit and you know what that comes with, you know the yeah. flip side of that if it goes south, but that's you're not going to be anywhere near that. You're going to you're gonna, you're gonna send it. You're going to send your hitman, hey, or, go get that. Or yeah, you're and the same, same, same effects still happen. Or, or, you still become the man. Or the kid gets caught up and rats you out anyway. And then you, don't know that they, then you don't know that you're going to target anybody. Does it just still happen now? Even if you out there. I know, I agree. Not only that, now you're also the trigger man. I agree. But... If he if he really if he had any kind of pull like that, he's not worried about that because the young boy gonna get knocked off before court date come up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, bail yeah. him out and then deal with him. Actually, that happens. Why that's the case? Why no. you gotta keep coming with the fucking like? That? Why are kids still in cages? Like we can't have a conversation. <laughs> why kids dropping dick somewhere? <laughs> Just, hey, right. Uh, Right? He's like, I'm going to hit him with this one-liner. Drop the shit real quick. Man, man, I don't If you got it, fine. Mark, this guy. does he argue like that, too? Does he just do these one-liners so you just stop yelling at him? It's fine. I understand. Yes. Yes. Mark. Right, so, yes. Mark. I said Mark, but Mark's good, too. Oh, Who's Mark. Mark. My bad. Who's Mark? Who's Mark? Don't worry about I it. Thought it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mars is... Anyway. That's the young guy. That's the young guy. That's the young guy. Now we know. 30-year-old ass. Uh, <laughs> all right. So why did it take 18 years to charge them? All right. All right. So Duchamp said at Monday's press conference, I'm assuming it's Monday after August 18th. I'm just kind of spotting out dates here. Uh, we started investigating that case a very long time ago in early 2000s, but there were a lot of challenges associated with uh, bringing the case. Now, he did not offer more specifics on those difficulties. Uh, so court papers describe circumstances that might have made witnesses hesitant about coming forward. Prosecutors said that they knew about three separate witnesses that Jordan uh, endeavored to silence them uh, with threats and con- and there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of times where I've I've read up on a lot of cases that I haven't even covered yet. Yeah. Where there's proof that the person who's getting charged has actually gone and found these witnesses, especially if it's a case where like they know the person that they assaulted. Yeah. Like I so far everybody that I've covered, it's all been random happenstance. They just get their people and then that's you know I mean it's not right. anybody that they're actually close to. They just murder these people. That's yeah. who I've covered. But in cases I've read and listened to where they actually know the victims, they'll go and they'll silence the witnesses. Or it's years of abuse led up to the witnesses being quiet anyway. Mm, like, it, okay. it, a lot of times, oftentimes, when it comes to, like, abuse cases, and I know we're getting a little off topic again, but when it comes to abuse cases, it's somebody really, really close to them or somebody in the family, yeah. and they have a way of keeping you quiet, right. subdued. And it seems like this dude went ahead and quieted all the witnesses. I mean, when they just watch you walk in and, and, and fucking shoot down a legend, oh, yeah. blank, 
they're probably like, he doesn't give a fuck. I'm not gonna say yeah, that. exactly. So anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, and also alleging that he had also enlisted others to do so on his behalf. Like, hey, go make sure that motherfucker's quiet. And when Washington was implicated in a robbery case around 2007, another witness told authorities that he had tried to intimidate the witness and prevent him slash her from cooperating with law enforcement. So that person spoke up, which we need more people like that. What do we learn yeah. from Boondock Saints? We should, all, we should all fear evil men, but what we should fear most is the indifference of good, of good men. men. That's right. So without clear info about what went down that night, theories circulated for years and years and years and years. Now, what were some of the theories? This is the fun part. I mean, outside of the murderers. This is the part that I like. I like hearing what other people thought. Not necessarily that it followed bad shit, because yeah. that makes me sound like an asshole. But you I, are. I like, yeah, but I like conspiracy. So anyway, according to the, to the Times article published shortly after Jam SJ's murder, some cops' theories and motive included a music industry feud. So their thing was just a standard music beef, which in the early 2000s and late 90s, that wasn't unheard of. You got to think about Nas and fucking Jay-Z. Yeah. It's obviously coming off the heels of Tupac and Biggie. Right. I mean, there was a lot of that shit going on at the time. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, and I hate to say it because it's it's the whitest shit I'll ever say in my life, but we even had Limp Biscuit shooting fireworks at the Creed stage. So- <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Stop. Like, yeah, Stop. You Stop. You can just, when you, when you just when you, when you hear that. Stop. When you, when you, Stop. What was he shooting? Hey, Fred Durst used to kind of rap. Let's say he's shooting fireworks. I'm just saying, if we're bringing up, if we're bringing up, this sounds like some... He had a handful of bottle rockets. This is some teenage gang shit. This was a regular Friday night for y'all, and y'all call it a beef. Anyway. Y'all just got drunk and shoot fireworks at him. They throwing jumping jacks at each other. I got you, bitch. That was more for you guys, not me. Keep a name out your mouth. Anyway. Whatever you guys are going to laugh at, that's funny. Oh, my God. I'm so happy about this crossover. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> people think that I'm wearing a sweater vest right now. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, go check get, out Profile hey, of Pain. Hey, bro, it, it gets, it gets tougher. Can, yeah. I get, can I get another Fresca? Do you have one of those handy? So, so, but a, a solid uh, answer a, remains elusive. Yeah. So, cost. <laughs> Cops reportedly thought that Mazelle's murder might relate to a grudge against 50 Cent, whom Mazelle had signed at his label, JMJ Records, which you covered. Yes. Also, at this time, if, if my timing is correct, this is when 50 Cent and fucking uh, It's Murder, when he was having yes. beef with fucking Ja Rule, right? Yes. That's when all this was going on. Well, right? the beef, it was a murder. It was attempted <laughs> murder, actually. Hey, oh, 50 like, stayed alive. Yeah. yeah. Off topic again, I know, I'm sorry, guys, I do this a lot, but have you have you listened to that J-Lo and uh, Ja Rule's song recently since being an adult since being no. a grown ass man Absolutely. it's the worst fucking shit I've ever heard in my life really? it's bad don't do I, that I, I, I don't didn't realize how bad Ja Rule really was don't I, ruin my childhood I, I, cause I just, Ja Rule he had a he had a, a he, whole fucking he was summer, like 5'1 yeah but he was hey listen it's not the size man cause that motherfucker you say some shit to Ja he getting it you you gonna feel some hands. You gonna right, feel some yeah, five yeah, one okay, tiny hands. Yeah. I mean, at least until this time. <laughs> didn't Fifty whoop his ass? No, Fifty actually got his ass whooped. That's why he pressed charges. Well, no, Fifty got stabbed, but it wasn't my job. That's why he. That's why he. You gotta go watch the Fuse <laughs> channels beefs. They cover. The yeah, whole they thing. cover all that, that shit. We yeah. might get into shit like that eventually. I'd like to actually. That'd be the dope. Be good I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. you know, I mean, if you guys want to be staples on on like once maybe once a month, we'll do this. Hell shit. yeah. So anyway. All right, anyway, 
<laughs> Another theory is that somebody was trying to get back. Oh, I already read that shit. Sorry. Oh, no, no. So, yeah. So, get back at 50 Cent uh, by taking out Mizzou. Okay. Now, a police official actually reportedly told the newspaper that in the club, I can't believe that they said, duh, it's a DA club. Like, the, That's the, the fucking police said that. No, oh, oh sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay. I thought it was just him trying to be appropriate. My bad. All right. In the club, rapper, real name Curtis Jackson. Okay, I remember now. It was expected to perform the Mars 2112 in Midtown uh, the evening of Mizell's death. Now, cops went there following Mizell's murder. Jackson's uh, show was canceled, and cops gave him security, just in case. Now, the same high-ranking NYPD official also reportedly said it could have been as simple as bad business deals, someone who wasn't happy with their level of success and killed him. So they're still aiming towards music, not drugs. Mm -hmm. Nobody suspected the drugs at all, it seems like, during the series. They're thinking right. it was all still some sort of rapper feud. Right. Now, so how did cops finally get Jordan Washington? Eyewitnesses at Mazelle's 24-7 studio that evening identified them at some point, officials said. They also claim that Washington has made various admissions both to law enforcement and third parties that corroborate with his involvement in both the murder and the underlying narcotics conspiracy. Now, Washington's 18-year-old at, at the time, okay, so All he's right. now 36. Uh, Jordan, Mr. Jr., yes. and Washington's alleged efforts to scare witnesses and otherwise obstruct justice also show consciousness of guilt evidence. Now, that implicates them. Prosecutors allege that the feds had previously alleged that Washington participated in Mazzell's killing when he was found guilty in the 2007 robbery. So this is five years later, 2007 robbery case. His lawyer in that case, Susan Kelman, told the Times, the newspaper, or the, yeah. the, or the, the, the magazine, yeah. that she thought they were bringing it up to secure a more severe sentence. I had a sense that somebody whispered something in their ear to get themselves out of trouble. Mm. Now, Kelman, right... Can, I'm not going to say any names, Cautious 6 9 who like to write on people. <laughs> now, Kelman reportedly remarked of the Post allegation also saying that Washington always maintained that, or maintained that he was Mazzell's murderer. He always said it. Always, always, always said it. But it still took fucking 18 years to convict him. Now, when he heard the allegation, he was laughing. He said, good one. They didn't even fucking believe him. They're like, this little kid. You figure 2007, that's five years later, he's 23 at the time? They're yeah. like, shut the fuck up. You don't even know who we're talking about. Right. You know, just put on your big boy pants. We're going to go ahead and slap you on the wrist for, for robbery and send you about your way. Go pull at your mama's crazy. house. Like, that's kind of, you know what I mean? Like, and he's confessing. Yeah. And they thought that he was just saying that shit to get some sort of plea deal. Like, they were like, ah, oh. they didn't take him seriously at all. Because he got stripes for that. Right. How crazy is that? Now... Prosecutors previously said that Washington was a suspect in the 1995 shooting death of Randy Walker. 1995, that's seven years prior. That motherfucker was 11 years old. Yeah, he was a young gun. How that's what I'm saying. crazy is that's that? What I'm they got to put you in the shoes. Yeah, they're doing work early. Yeah. So, 1995 shooting death of Randy Walker, who was close to Tupac, of course. There you go. For the Associated Press. Now, publicly available information does not make clear when witnesses allegedly identified the men nor the person whom Kelman thinks might have actually spoken to the authorities. Now, have Jordan Washington said anything about the indictment? Let's get into that. What are they saying about the indictment? Now, at Jordan's video arraignment Monday afternoon, defense attorney Michael Houghton, Houston, sorry, Houston said Jordan was entering a plea of not guilty to all accounts. Now, we know that just fucking 13 years ago yeah. he was like I did that I did shit yeah. and I was like this is real I didn't mm -hmm. he's like I mean listen listen um, yeah uh, 35 cents a week I've adopted a child <laughs> so, <laughs> so. now anyway Jordan was held pending trial 
Now, Houston did not immediately respond to a request for comment on Jordan. That was, that's the now 56-year-old. Right. At Washington's video arraignment Tuesday afternoon, defense attorney Susan Kelman entered a not guilty plea for Washington. Now, Magistrate Judge Lois Bloom began the proceedings by asking, How are you today, sir? Not too good, Washington replied, because he'd probably want to say, Fuck, Fuck. up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm about so, to shit and puke. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to come out the same spot. I don't know how. Now, right as the proceeding was about to end, Washington voiced several concerns. Your Honor, Sunday morning when the marshals came to get me out of the prison that I was in, they woke me out of my sleep and took me out of my cell. I wasn't given the opportunity to say or to have my glasses. So apparently he's gone, gotten hard of seeing. Uh, I can't see without them. The judge agreed to direct the Bureau of Prisons to have Washington checked by an eye doctor and given a new set of prescription eyeglasses. I assume that they only did that by throwing a tennis ball as fucking hard as they could and seeing if he caught it. Now, what kind of prison time did they actually face? Do they face on top of the time that they've already done? Now, a lot. If they're found guilty, each man is facing a minimum of 20 years to a maximum life in federal lockup. Damn. Federal lockup. Not normal county. Fed. fed. Club fed? Uh, well, not state. I mean, mm-hmm. also here though, because it is going to be federal, it's easier for them to pass the death penalty. Ah, so they could also be facing a death, a death penalty. Okay. Now, how did Mazel's family and friends react to the news? Mm-hmm. Now, in a statement, Run DMC posted on Twitter. Mazel's family said, "Upon hearing this news, we have mixed emotions. We truly hope that these indictments are a solid step towards justice being served in the murder of Jay." Which is the right thing to say. It sounded, yeah. I mean, it sounded like there's a little bit of emotion there. They didn't go over the top. They weren't going to be like, kill these motherfuckers. But they, you know, and it's kind of strange that, it's another side topic, but where even this article decided to go to immediately was, what did they say on social media? Like, it's just yeah. crazy that our world has turned into that. But that's yeah, not a hero. So we realize that there are other families out there who have lingering pain, who continue to wait for their own closure. And we pray that this case gives them hope. All right, so the statement continues. In spite of all the tragedies we've seen this year alone, we take comfort in our family, our faith, and in time's ability to heal all. We can only hope that this news brings awareness to the fact that black lives do matter. So they also kind of turned it sort of into a political platform. And yeah. I like I the fact that they took the time to do that. They, they understand the, tra- the travesty that their family faced, yeah. but they've had 18 years to kind of yeah. deal with the pain. So they turned around and made it more public and kind of brought like the entire community in. Which I'm, I don't want to speak for Jam Master Jay himself, but for the persona that he was and that Run DMC was, I think that them bringing the entire community into that, yeah. you know, even even mourning the loss and even getting the closure, I think the fact that they even mentioned other families are going through a lot right now, yeah. I think that that is that speaks highly of them. Yeah. That they saw through their own pain and their own, I'm sure, want for fucking justice. That they were able to be like, you know, there's a lot of families facing a lot of things. I'm glad we got closure. I hope everybody gets theirs. Like, that was right. very cool. Yeah. So now, Rum DMC's Daryl McDaniel said that the news brought back pain over Mazel's murder, but also relief. Although this latest news opens up a lot of painful memories for all of us who knew and loved J. Master J., I'm relieved to hear that two suspects have been arrested and charged with his murder. Mm. Now, CNN quoted McDaniels as saying, it's been a difficult 18 years not having him around while knowing that his murderers were not yet indicted for their heinous crime. 
and that is it. That's the last yeah. scene that we have. That's the last quote, last everything from this. But 18 cold case finally solved, and one of them was confessing as early as 13 years ago to get out of trouble. Yeah, and that's sad that nobody took him serious because oh. then this case could have been shut and closed so much earlier. Sooner. But, Wait. like, yeah, I mean, and that, that type of shit happens, too, when you... Because you, like you said, they're looking at him like, shut up. You don't even know who this right. guy was. Like, you were still pissing in your pampers, you know. Like, no, you don't know who this guy was. You didn't now, know see, him. now my thing is, though, I, I hate to say it this way, but is it maybe from a professional standpoint, they're like, is this motherfucker just trying to get some more street cred? Is he trying to, like, up his, yeah. up his I think that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, was, is he just trying to make himself bigger and better than he really is by confessing yeah. to this, but we're gonna lock his ass up for Peter Lee robbery? Like, right. is he trying to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, I would, would hate to think, I would hate to think, though, that they saw it from that light, yeah. as opposed to an actual confession. Like, this motherfucker's just trying to be bigger than he is. Like, well, because you gotta think, yeah. when they're looking at, they're gonna look at his past history. Does his past history say anything that he would that he would be he's a killer. Right. Yeah. No. He's been doing little petty stuff, misdemeanors, well, yeah, stuff but like that, left and right. But at eleven he murked somebody. Supposedly. Supposedly. Allegedly. But again, we're saying supposedly when he said that, you know, at eighteen he murked John Master J. You see what I'm saying now? Yeah, I mean so okay, so going to the true crime path. Okay, so from what I've read, from what I've studied, from what I've even talked about, there's uh, certain allowances that you give yourself. Right, so when you're when you when you start off, you start off like I mean, you've, I'm sure you've heard the episodes about the McDonald Triad and shit like that, where you hurt animals, you start fires, you piss your pants, you do all this fucking shit, right? And then you start to build up and you build up and you build up and you start being essentially not, I mean, a little bit more than just being a bully. Like you're fucking fucking shit up, you're fucking yeah. people up, right? Yeah. So you give yourself little allowances. So if by 11 years old this guy was already willing to hold a gun and shoot somebody, there's that's. That's more than just giving yourself allowances. That's yeah. like he has fully succumbed to that murderer that's inside of him. Yeah. And I and I honestly believe that between the ages of eleven to fourteen, your hormones, mm -hmm. like your your life in general, like that that I think is the most important timeline of your life because that's when yeah. you're the most susceptible. When your emotions are going off the charts, your fucking chemical imbalance is just flying through the you know what I mean? And the weirdest shit excuse me, and I think that's when like I even think that might be when like child molesters start getting those urges when they're still children. Mm, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, when they're yeah. still children, if if they themselves are molested or have right. some sort of weird occurrence at that age, at right. such a at such a uh, influential age, I think that's when that starts. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for this man now to have been an 11 year old child, I mean, my little brother is 12 years old, and he fucking. The only time I've ever seen him hold a gun is in Fortnite. I don't, I wouldn't let him hold a fucking bottle rocket. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> So to think that somebody that bottle. young is that capable, it's crazy. It's you, crazy. I mean, you got to look at the environment. I was about to say, yeah, for us, it's, it's because not that crazy. Him at, at nine, at nine, most kids, you know, you go to California, New York, most of the kids in this when they start joining games. Yeah. yeah. And immediately, what do you do? You start joining games. They start putting in work. Yeah. And so. Yeah. I mean, like, it's. I've seen I, Breaking Bad. And, and, you know, for me to say, like, it's not that crazy, meaning, like, it's not that unheard of. Yeah, you know what right. I'm saying like I mean I knew <laughs> I knew cats in sixth grade, you know sixth banging. grade, yeah, banging, banging, crips and bloods and folks I and mean, this and that, and had to do initiations, you know, snatching. I know a kid man snatched a lady purse and hit her in the fucking jaw and ran off. You that's know, fucking. That's just. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe I'm because I mean, I, Levon knows my past. I didn't grow up fucking Dude. bright and shiny either, 
but maybe it's from a parent standpoint that is unbelievable for, un- unbelievable for me at this point like mm-hmm. I, like everything that I do now I do through almost rose colored lenses yeah. you know what I mean it's almost yeah. like the world can't be that bad like you know <laughs> as long as my boys are respectful yeah. and they say please and thank you and let's let's see what's on the news holy shit turn off the fucking TV <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. I feel like yeah. you know but yeah. I try to yeah. I try to see the world through through like rose colored lenses although yeah. I run a true crime podcast based around murder and <laughs> Maybe, you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe the problem's me. I, th- I think I just, yeah, I think I just realized that. Maybe, maybe the world sucks ass because everything I've covered has been in the '30s and the '70s and yeah. fucking. So shit's been fucked up a while. Shit's it's been, been fucked. And social media is fucking yeah. trash. And yeah, I'm probably gonna go home and take a lot of pills. This is fucking. <laughs> no, but just but yeah, the, the idea that 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 an 11 year old kid could pull that shit. Yeah. And then you figure, but like I said, he was 23 by the time 2007 rolled around, confessing to this. Yeah. At 23. And he'd been locked up, from what I'm assuming from that article, since that time. Mm-hmm. The man, the man spent most of his life incarcerated. Yeah. Now that he's 36, he spent the majority of his life incarcerated. Yeah. And now he's got what people would would deem a, uh, 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 what's the word I'm thinking of here? Um. Not cabin. Not ah, man. What the fuck is the word I'm thinking of? I'm not sure. When you got that mind state, like you're institutionalized. Oh yeah. It's almost. Like, oh yeah. No, he's fully institutionalized. Yeah. Which I think that's another debate to get into on another episode where we talk about like whether or not prisons should be privatized, which they shouldn't. But that's really you know. Shouldn't. But like, we should talk about thing. why yeah. you know yeah. and actually get into that. Yeah. But, but uh, like yeah, and then it's sad because for a kid like him, he never had a chance because never. yeah, you at that point he had somebody who knew that at that age he was so influential and he had this guy in his ear like he didn't yeah he didn't do just be Alex, like I'm I want to die I'm gonna shoot him outside of Dylan Coke. His entire life was based around showing kids that age that you didn't have to do that. It's mm-hmm. so full circle for me thinking that. Yeah. The difference that he made. Like, we just we just spoke so highly of the man. And it's, I'm not saying we shouldn't have spoke highly of the man. We should have spoke highly of the man. He accomplished a lot in his life. He did. You know? And and to think that his entire... I'm sure we can go back and find, like, fucking... I dare you to keep your friends from drugs. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that yeah. motherfucker's done... You can. 1950. You know I mean, I'm pretty sure you can. But the thing is, in that... In, for... For neighborhoods that you know we grew up in, and well, I can't speak on you, but like that I grew up in, I mean, yeah, we we had people that would be like, "Yo, the fuck you doing out of school?" Mm-hmm. But this was the drug dealer on the corner telling you that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, like, you know, when you come home, you know, and you go hung out with the big homies. Now the thing is, like, the reason why they were called big homies back in the day is because. They didn't always just encourage motherfuckers to sell dope or to right. do this to that. It was because like you may not have had an older brother at home, you may not have had a dad at home, so you went and hung out with this dude. And even though he was doing some wrong shit, it was his path. But then if he saw something different in you, that's what he pushed you towards. You know, it's it's funny you bring that up because me, uh, we were talking about Derek Derek Rose one day. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. So me and Levon were talking about Derek Rose, and I was like, I was like, you know, there seems to be something special about that guy. Everybody seems to be on him. Like, what's that about? And then Levon actually went into the fact that like his brothers, other people in the community, like they tried to shelter him from all the shit going mm-hmm. on in, in where he grew up because he was supposed to be something more. Mm-hmm. And you and you do see that. It's not yeah. it's, it's not yeah. anything that I wasn't privy to. I've have seen that too. You know yeah. what I mean? I've seen like like that is a special motherfucker. We need to keep him from all the shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. Like, yeah. I kind of, I kind of grasped that a little bit. Yeah. So, cool. like, with it, for us, and that's why, and I, and I, I don't really want to get in. Uh, we're not going to get into this, but <laughs> like in the black community, like that's why it's it's so weird because 
even though motherfuckers do so wrong, they want to do right, so they try to do that vicariously uh, through. I will say, I don't think that that's. Yeah. I don't think that's exclusively in the black community. Though. Well, that, it's, that is, I can only speak across, for the black right, community, but I think that's you know? across every threshold. Yeah. I think everybody has that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like Levon, yeah. like I said, Levon knows knows my past and how I was raised and shit like that. Like there are there are there are instances yeah. where certain people either go one way or protect somebody else and take them that way. Yeah. And I think that's across the board. Yeah. Like and that's yeah. that's that's one major, major, major thing that I think needs to definitely be spoken about in this day and age is that it's an American issue. Yeah. It's an American issue. Me and Levon talked a long time ago about doing a thing called Grey Matter where it wasn't a black issue, it wasn't a white issue, it was a gray issue. And I think it's mm-hmm. funny that you're handled gray, gray sheep. Right. Yeah. So if there's things that I think uh uh, what? We should still do it. We should Yo, start a whole other should. podcast called Grey Matter. real shit. I'm down. No, but uh, and that yeah. one's all conspiracy theory, though. <laughs> so it's fucked up. Oh, I'm so down. <laughs> so, <laughs> see how wide it is? You know, I'm we can't. That shit. We, we, you know, you know, not, what time you got to be at work in the morning? Fuck. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll keep going. We, we, we do have the other podcast. We have the podcast to record. Right. Right. We go down a rabbit But okay. Yeah. But okay. But, but anyway, okay. but what yeah. I'm saying, though, is that especially in this day and age, um, and, and, and we know, I mean, obviously, we know, we own fucking phones with internet we see tv all the shit that's going on out there like we see all the shit that's going on and and i think it's it's very very important to state that the things that are happening in everybody's community and and worldwide i mean we're going to primarily talk about america right now yeah but uh nationally there's not i don't i don't believe in my heart of hearts that there's one group that is excluded I don't think that there's. I, I, yeah. I know that some people film aligned. I know that there's there's plenty of people out there that film aligned, but I don't I don't know that um, police brutality. I don't know that that. I think I've always said it's a class issue. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a race issue. I think it's a class issue. I've said that before. And we've had this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and so I just I don't want anybody to feel like as I'm sitting here going like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? And, uh, it's more terminology that I'm not used to, as opposed to actual culture that I'm not used to. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, because yeah. we we had we had the exact we. God damn. It. So like, instead of a the big homie, you, you had a big brother. Right. Yes. Like you have you have like no that dude yeah. that dude rolled up on a Harley once a month and brought right. the food box. You right. Know what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. That's what we had. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. Yeah. Like I, I know cheese that doesn't melt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm saying it's, it's the same thing. I know exactly right. what fried spam tastes like. Yeah. And Ooh, also, the condensed milk in the can. Ask them. I can't. I can't eat macaroni and cheese anymore because that's the only thing that was ever fucking in the goddamn food box. <laughs> pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin filling. Right. Pumpkin, yeah. pumpkin pie filling and fucking and, and macaroni and cheese is all we ever fucking. Oh had. no, we had the muffin mix. We never had the crust, we had the filling. <laughs> I had some soft ass pumpkin pies, is all I'm saying. Yo. You know what you know what Italian enchiladas is? That's mm-hmm. when all you got in the fridge is Parmesan cheese and tomato sauce and corn tortillas. Holy so shit. you had an Italian enchilada. Oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. I'm just saying. Okay. So it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 a class thing. It's not a culture thing. I think. Yeah. There's there's a lot of differences, yeah. and I think that's what makes everybody special, though. Yeah. And I think that's that's why I'm glad that we were able to do this swapcast. That's why I'm glad, fucking hell yeah, faggot. You've been around for fucking ten years plus. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I like yeah. I like I like the family and the community that we have. Yes. And so that's that this is me saying thank you for having me on the show. Hey no much. and thank you for having us on your yeah, show. Yeah fucking too, definitely. Man. Man. Like Absolutely. this is a great episode. Absolutely. I will kill you you just I know, I know, so, you know I'm gonna lose all my shit. I'm lose all my shit. Yo but anyway. Hey thank you guys. Um 
thank y'all for tuning in. I'm sorry that we didn't do. I know we do some some roles for some people and, and show some people's um, stuff and everything. I'm sorry we didn't get to that. We'll definitely get back to that next time and promote a lot of people's stuff because you know everybody that's family. We got y'all and we hope y'all got us too. Um, Chris, thank you. Like always, thank you. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's the reason why we even have a podcast now. Also. So I just man, pushed the name along. Hey, no, he did. <laughs> hey, just this man's word is enough for me, and that means a lot, you know. Um, so, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Um, hit that hashtag. So, fucking hashtag rap sheets, hashtag rap sheets podcast. Mm. Uh, check that out. Google that name. The more times that name gets Googled, the more times that name gets mentioned, the higher up they're going to go. So, when you do Google it, boom, it pops right up. Check out. Uh, all their merch on Redbubble. Is that what it is? Redbubble Red and, and Teespring. Teespring. Yes. Also, uh, hashtag Profiling Pain if you feel so inclined. Check out our earlier episodes. Please do. Um, the ha- the Profiling Pain podcast is on Facebook under facebook.com forward slash Profiling Pain podcast. We are on Instagram and I am lazy as shit when it comes to <laughs> social media. So if you guys want to post anything on your own, feel free to do so. Um, and also, this was technically, like I said, a side profile for my show. Yes. where we do music true crime so if you guys watching uh, enjoyed this and want to hear more I did one on Frank Sinatra it's kind of monotone but there's a lot of detail was, yeah, I'm halfway through it's pretty yeah. good yeah. so there's a lot of detail it was just really boring to listen to kind of you have to be into the story to uh, really appreciate it but uh, let me know who you want to hear next check out the um, Ted Bundy ones the Ted yeah, Bundy yeah, yeah, I just yeah, yeah. did a, I just dropped an episode ones. on Ted Bundy uh, earlier this week let's see and then I'll probably be covering Richard Ramirez on my next set that's the uh uh the Night Stalker. It's, a, it's an LA case. You guys might be interested in that. And then uh, that's it. Like I said, Age of Radio, Rap Sheets, Profiling Pain. Hopefully yes. we do this a couple more times. If not, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. once make it a, a staple every couple months. Yeah. And then uh, and then these guys, before we go, before I leave tonight, are going to help me get some fucking merchandise. So we're going to figure out how to do yeah. this. Yeah. And then uh, and that's it. So thank you guys for tuning in to them. And I was privy to it, so that was awesome. Uh, thank you for any future likes or subscribes or downloads on either one of these pod- podcasts. Make sure not only to subscribe and like, but make sure to share. Share your fucking ass off. Check out Age of Radio, like all the other shit that's on there. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, that's it for me. Uh, the 25th is the... The 25th is our uh, Poetry Slam. For, again, any like artists we need, if you know someone or if you want to be in it, let me know so that way we can get you in there on it. Facts. Uh, also, for the viewers, we're going to be doing giveaway, uh, giving away some more free merch. Um, KK won our last giveaway um, for it. Yes, so ma'am. let's see yeah. if we can get somebody else, get some get some more Rap Sheets merch out there for it. Go check it out on the sites if you haven't already um, for it. Next week's episode, we are going to be, what is next week? It's the 18th, uh, right? We're yeah. doing a Big Sean. So, yes, yes. Next week, yeah. we are reviewing Big Sean's new album, Detroit oh, 2. Yeah. Um, so, if you guys haven't listened to that, go listen to that this week. So, that way, you can come join that conversation with us um, while we review that. You know, we're just going to be going over it, give us our thoughts and takes on it. And then, uh, you know, we'll talk about if it's going to be a classic album or not. Uh, we'll Ooh. give you our take on what we think about it. We're going to let you know. Um, so, definitely tune in for that. So. Um, and check us out and just you know like and share the video you guys we appreciate all the love everybody stay safe out there let's make it through the rest of this quarantine love so. and positivity hey I'll let y'all there's been another episode of Rap Sheets Real Ass People Perspectives peace alright cool fathers that's it man we're out so uh, stay happy stay healthy um, and above all uh, you beautiful bastards stay metal mofos deuces <laughs>